cocktail of drugs, a Californian cannibal, and the true story of a Sacramento vampire. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm Taylor. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Coffee Coffee on on Death Death Row, a casual study of serial killers with today's subject being the vampire of Sacramento. Something crazy about this guy is that he had a lot of run-ins with the police and with mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. And during the whole entire time, no one thought it was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't release this guy back into the public. I won't get into it yet because I want the surprises to come later in the episode. But you're going to see a lot of crazy interactions he had where I, I just can't fathom how anybody could look at it and go, uh, he, he's safe, he's okay, I, I think he's fine. Those people probably lost their jobs after that. <laughs> probably, but who knows? I mean, they probably do that a lot. Just because, like, people don't really know. Because, I yeah. mean, what if he did, he had the organs, but what if he wasn't a serial killer? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy just so happened to be. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's always, like, the possibility of convicting the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also feel like if there's, like, suspicion that you could be dangerous and you could do something mm-hmm. like that, um, maybe you should be, you know, restrained, like, figure it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just seems I like... mean, technically, he hadn't done anything yet until, like, a few years later. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's still, he was still a little wacky, though. Yeah, but he didn't do anything yet, so they couldn't. Yeah, I get it. Him. I get what yeah. you're saying. I get what you're saying. Should they have kept an eye on him? Yes. yes. Yeah, I feel like the generally nutty behavior should have been something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, he was doing a lot of drugs at the time. Like, I mean, any drug he saw, is like, oop, I'm gonna take that. So I guess they can see how it's like, well, it's just the drugs he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy did not need drugs. He was he was as nutty as they come. Yeah. This is like crunchy peanut butter. It's like adding nuts to something that's already too nutty. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, if he was doing all these drugs, why didn't he get arrested for possession? I guess he was never caught with them, but he was always like, you know when you're walking down the street and you definitely like see a crackhead just wigging out and you kind of turn around and walk away? Yes. Yeah. I think that was the situation. And there was also just like, this was in the 70s, correct? Yeah. This was more of a normal thing during then, so I feel like people didn't take it as seriously as they do nowadays. Mm -hmm. I actually talked to my parents about this because my parents are old people and they both remember being really young and watching the news in the 70s like we caught another serial killer because it was an epidemic. Mm. Like the amount of serial killers we've already covered that have been in the 1970s. Yeah. I think we've even mentioned it before. It's all at the same time period. It was such a huge deal. It's like we couldn't even worry about the upcoming serial killers. We're trying to focus on the 18 guys right now. Yeah. I wonder what caused the the surge of that. Like is there was there something like going on at the time period or like was it just a coincidence? Uh, is what I would wonder. Yeah, I guess we could always dedicate an episode into looking into it some at some point later. True. I might do that. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Richard Chase was born on May 23rd of 1950 in Santa Clara, California. Like most serial killers we cover, he was really disturbed as a child, and bing, 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 he had an abusive father. A very obvious trend. 
Along with these cliches is that he committed small acts of arson constantly and killed any small animals he could get his hands on. He ended up getting kicked out of the house, which made him turn to drugs and alcohol. And these drugs actually did not help his illness. They actually made the symptoms worse. Wow. <laughs> Due to his extremely excessive use of drugs, Chase actually thought that he was dead. Now, this is also a medical condition, uh, something that usually happens to people after being in a horrific accident. They think it's like, well, there's no way I could have survived that. I must have died. I'm a ghost now. I'm only pretending that people can see me. Now, I don't think this is what happened to him. I think it was as a result of his later diagnosis of schizophrenia and drugs, though we're not entirely sure. So just keep that in mind. But he was certain he no longer had a heartbeat. He was dead and his blood was turning to powder. He believed that he couldn't eat normally, so he would smash oranges into his forehead in an attempt to be healthy. He thought his brain would absorb the nutrients. He also shaved his head because he thought his cranial bones were shifting around in his brain, and he wanted to monitor their movement. <laughs> that's, that's true crazy right there. Yeah. At age 25, he was found to have paranoid schizophrenia and was institutionalized during 1975. He didn't seek treatment. Treatment. This was found out because he injected himself with rabbit's blood, since he thought his own blood was starting to powder, and this made him so violently ill he was taken to the hospital. There, the nurses realized that he wasn't the mentally soundest, and he was forced to go into an asylum. He was caught ripping the heads off of birds and drinking their blood because he thought his own blood was turning to powder due to some kind of poison. This earned him the name Dracula in his clinic. He was eventually seen as better and was released to live with his mom, who thought, wow, you know, he doesn't need the anti-schizophrenic medicine anymore, <laughs> so she slowly weaned him off, which was totally a bad idea, because he moved out as soon as possible because he thought his mom was poisoning him. Yeah, it might be caused from weaning him off his well-needed medication. Yeah. <laughs> he moved into a rental house with a bunch of other guys his age. Like, you know, friends. Friendship is magic. He can make friends and feel better. Um, this didn't happen though because Chase was, one, constantly high because he got back on drugs, and two, refused to wear clothes while inside the house, and all the other guys were very uncomfortable due to it. Not to mention they caught him multiple times ripping the heads off of animals and drinking their blood outside. So, you know, sensibly, these six guys asked him to please leave, but he didn't, he just refused to go anywhere. So these six fully grown men were like, you know what fam, nah packed up everything and moved out of this house they had been living in for years together. That is the funniest thing to me, that this guy was such a level of crazy that a group of guys that lived in this house was like, you know what, you you have this, you can have this, we don't um, want it no I more. Like if you were living with a person that was like drinking the blood of animals and like walking around naked all the time and just like doing his thing <laughs> i would move out too if, yeah, even it, if i lived there my whole um I it mean, makes like, yeah. it makes call sense someone, like call someone and be like uh can somebody come get their man because <laughs> mm. it makes sense but it's just so funny to me because mm -hmm. they owned this house pretty much they rented it for so long it's like nah nah it's yours now buddy yeah <laughs> here's oh. the keys i love that So Chase would capture small animals, blend up their organs, and mix it with soda as his favorite protein shake. He drank it because he feared that his heart was shrinking, and he obviously didn't want his heart to disappear and die. 
which obviously was not actually happening, but... That's, like, happy tree friends level of gore. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's, like, worse than the vegan diet. Wait, (laughs) what? Well, like, you know, because, like, smashing oranges into his head and drinking, like, animal gut protein shakes, that's, like, the weirdest health thing I've ever heard. And I've heard some weird stuff. So you're saying he shouldn't open a yoga clinic? Yes, I guess, yeah. Yeah. In August of 1977, he was found by Lake Tahoe by police, covered in blood and carrying a blood-filled bucket with a liver in it. It turned out to belong to a cow, so the police let him go, which probably wasn't the best idea because that December he killed his first victim, Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old guy who he shot in the chest in a drive-by killing. In January of 1978, he entered the home of Teresa Wallen through an unlocked door. He felt like leaving a door unlocked was welcoming, and all his victims from that point on had died due to leaving their front door open. He shot Teresa three times in the chest before gunning her with a butcher knife, and using an old yogurt container he found in the trash as a cup to drink her blood. This was a bad murder, but the ones he does later are even worse, so we won't be going into those. Feel free to look into them yourself, but this is supposed to be a kind of light-hearted look at serial killers and a way to uh, gaze into just what makes them work and whatnot. So we're not going to be going into the real details of the next few murders he committed. Just know they're very bad, and four more victims died. The sounds of the murders alerted a neighbor who called the police, and there they began their investigation. Chase had fled from the scene, but his fingerprints were found in the blood coating the inside of the house. But earlier, during his murder spree, he ran into Nancy Holden, a girl from his old high school who he had tried to get a ride from, but she was frightened by his appearance and ran away. She later called the police who were investigating the murders and told them she believed Richard Chase may be their guy. Police ended up searching his apartment and found every kitchen utensil stained with blood and his fridge full of human brains. Because of this, Chase was um, promptly arrested. His trial began on January 2nd, 1979, and lasted a grueling five months. His lawyer claimed Chase was innocent via insanity and needed medication in a hospital, not the death penalty. He was found guilty on six accounts of murder and was sentenced to death by by a gas chamber. While on death row, the other inmates were absolutely terrified of him. They all had all known what he'd done and did not feel safe being in the same building as this guy. So they tried to convince him to kill himself just so they could get rid of him. Yeah, Chase ended up hiding his prison doctor prescribed anti-anxiety medicine until he could overdose on it, doing what his inmates encouraged. He was found dead in his cell the day after Christmas in 1980 after killing himself.